1: That's been my good buddy Mark Kestich here checking in with us on the Kenny and JT Show. Kesty, how are you today?
0: Kenny, good to uh, be on with you from sunny Los Angeles. Gained a few degrees since I was out in Cleveland for the, uh, that was the groin shot game, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was. That was right in front of us. Yeah, so you got to see Donovan Mitchell go at it uh, with Baines. And and, uh, I I wanted to pick your brain, uh, JT, and uh, I were wondering, since you've seen so many teams this year, uh, you got to see the Cavaliers uh, against the Grizzlies. Yeah, they were minus uh, two players because of the ejection, but the Cavs lost Mitchell there as well. Uh, how do they stack up with everybody you've seen this year, Kesty?
0: You know, it's it's funny because P.J. Carlissimo, who was on the broadcast with me, we were sitting there and saying, Cleveland is like just that one step below, you know, the Bostons, the Milwaukees, the Phillies, and the Brooklyn's, and, boy, it's tough to be in the East, and, you know, if you're fifth, you got to take on one of those behemoths, you know, once you get to the first round. And then I think maybe 24 hours later, Kyrie Irving asks for a trade, Right. you know, three days later, he's in Dallas. And all of a sudden, it kind of changes that whole dynamic and that question mark. And to, to answer more than just standings, you know, I like what I see. Can they, you know, maybe get another piece and you know, improve the bench a little bit, you know, maybe they'll do something at the trade deadline. Maybe they won't and just and roll with it. I love Donovan Mitchell's toughness, you know, and what he's brought and Darius Garland, you know, should be an all-star, but they only have X amount of spots and you've got a great young core there. So, um, you know, look, Boston is tough this year. Milwaukee went healthy and they're still not completely healthy. I mean, they're close, but have one, eight in a row coming into LA here in a couple of nights And Philly, when they put it together, is also a a tough team. So, all of a sudden, you know, while the West looks like a a whole bunch of mediocrity below Denver and Memphis, uh, the East has, you know, three solid teams at the top, and the Cavs, in my estimation, are like just that notch below right there.
2: Mike, you're talking about changing the dynamic. That play alone, and Kenny and I have been watching this team, obviously, all season long, one of the knocks were maybe they're a little bit soft. Well, It seemed as though they regrouped after that. It would have been very easy to pack it in and lose that game. They lost the game to that team a week and a half before that. They take care of business. Now they're on a roll three games in a row. We looked at this team and said last week it was just a matter of time before Miami catches us. But can this Cavalier team, in your opinion, maybe move up now that Brooklyn is seeming like having a fire sale? Do you think they can catch Philly?
0: I think they're going to be right there. They'll be nipping. Brooklyn is the interesting team. To me, because I want to see what they do here. They're going to burn it completely mm-hmm. down. Are they going to, you know, move, you know, maybe some of the pieces they picked up in the Kyrie deal and and restructure a little bit? I don't know if they're in on OG Ananobi or anything like that. You know, we'll all find out. And you know, when is KD coming back? You know, it sounds like it sounded like he was a, a closer than maybe what I'm reading now. You know, maybe he's still another week or two away. Uh, and do you even bother, you know, bringing them back before the all-star break anyway? So, you know, in the, in this little run up to the all-star break, maybe the Cavs can get a nice little momentum built, separate themselves a little bit. Miami would concern me, but you know, they're like a bunch of teams in the league this year that it's the woulda, coulda, if, when healthy, blah, blah, blah. And it just never happens. I mean, we're doing the Lakers tonight and they, they don't have enough talent, but you know, all you talk about is, well, they're only a game and a half behind the four seats, sitting 13th in the West. And If they could just have a good week. They haven't had a good week in the first three months, so I'm waiting you know, for that to happen. Uh, so Miami's kind of like that team where, boy, they could really make a run like they did last year to Game 7 of the conference finals. But I certainly haven't seen it in 55 games yet.
1: Happy to have with us Mark Kestas He is the lead play-by-play voice NBA on ESPN Radio and we'll get to uh, the game you're calling tonight with uh, my old buddy LeBron James and company uh, trying to set that scoring record in a second, uh, Kesty, but I want to get back more to the Cavaliers and J.B. Bickerstaff. Okay, We've been up and down on him this year, J.T. and I, because there have been times you look at his rotation, you scratch your head. There have been times, uh, late game collapses, where they haven't been able to close it out and you scratch your head, the uh, out of timeouts, after timeout plays and everything like that. What is the national perspective on J.B. Bickerstaff as you travel around the country
0: you know i think the the perspective is you know coaching's in his blood first of all um you know he's he's been at the game for a long time now and he's what approaching his mid-40s right now and you know maybe maybe a chance to come into his own and I've, i've heard those criticisms before every time i've met with him you know i have felt like he's got a good handle on this team and you know that you know they trust his decision making You know, they fall in line behind him. You know, he's a really good coach for a young team, too. And the question mark is, how does he grow? And is his growth kind of tied into when this team matures? And it feels like, you know, now's the time. And so you're going to all of a sudden the spotlight's going to shine a little bit. Last year was fun. Last year you get to the play-in and, you know, it didn't happen. It didn't work. You had a home game and, you know, still lost that second game. You expect to take the big jump this year and maybe it's not as big as, you know, people had hoped or expected, especially once Donovan Mitchell comes into the fold. So that glare, I think it's a long way to say, but glare now is there and let's see how this team finishes up in the sprint out of the all star break. And if you end up with a you know a four or five seed and you've got home court in that first matchup, now now the spotlight really shines and we'll have a much better answer. But I think the national perspective is that, you know, he's a pretty good coach. And has not been tested in the big spot yet. And it might be coming. And it might be coming soon.
2: Tell us about Donovan Mitchell. You know, for us, it's new. We didn't get to see him play because he's out west. And nobody's staying up past 10 o'clock. When the Cavaliers really weren't relevant, I guess we'll say. They were getting there last year. They make it to the play-in tournament. But we didn't know what to expect. From what you've seen of Donovan Mitchell so far, are you impressed? I mean, you've got to be impressed. But, I mean, should we? Exp- what, what should we expect?
0: Yeah, I think... Um, I saw him in college, too. I had him at Louisville, uh, I think it was his last year, uh, with Rick Pitino there, and he always played bigger than his size. Like, even now, when I look at I don't know what he lists him at, 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", something like Mm. that. You know, it feels like, you know, he's 6'4", 6'5". He's just so gifted athletically and, um, you know, a scorer deluxe, too. So, I I think you get a a ready-made player, who has bought in, you know, did he want to go back to New York, back home? Maybe, you know, he's got that chip on his shoulder. It's so large. I mean, he was, he was overlooked at every level, you know, whether it was going to college, whether it was getting drafted, uh, you know, he built his reputation in Utah, didn't work out there, whether it was his fault or Gobert's fault or, or whoever's fault it was, you know, it had to break up and, you know, he lands in Cleveland with a great opportunity and, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. That's the first Cleveland game uh, that I've had this year was this past Thursday. We didn't get a chance to talk with him. But by all accounts, you know, he he has come in to a team that was already, you know, have the machinations and the wheels moving and has already, you know, gained the respect from day one. And, you know, even what we saw, uh, you know, uh, with the fight and, uh, the mm-hmm. other night. Like, again, not a guy that's going to back down and even – playing back to backs I didn't think he was going to play the other day and you know he's, he's ready to go so that I think he got a good piece there a real good piece there and um, hope it all works out from in Cleveland because this this looks like a good team on the come that maybe didn't get out of the gates you know quite as fast as we all anticipated this year but might just now as we get into the all-star break maybe leaving us you know wetting our appetites to see what we're going to get in the sprint to the finish.
1: JT, this is how I knew this guy would make it big when we were working together at K&R. He used the word machinations just a few seconds ago. <laughs> See that? That's You know, when somebody knows what they're talking about and they could
2: use uh, <laughs> words and verbiage like I that, it was you nut. know they're going to be big time. I thought I know, it was me something you put in a cookie. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so uh, I that, think what that's. What happens is you rip that calendar, the, the word of the day calendar, <laughs> and then when you get stuck, you just pull it out of your pocket. <laughs> Today it was machination. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's like JT pulling out Willie Moscone earlier that's in right. the show. It came from nowhere. <laughs> you know, like- I love it. Yeah, there you go. Hey, one more thing on the the Cavs before we get to tonight's uh, big game that you'll be calling uh, with LeBron and the Lakers. Um, Evan Mobley, I'm curious what your partner, uh, the former head coach, thinks of Evan Mobley, who right now is going 15-9, three assists, one-and-a-half block shots, and and in the last week or so is playing maybe the best basketball of his career at both ends of the floor.
0: Well, let me preface this. Do I get credit for preface, too? Let me preface this by saying that (laughs) Uh, he works for the Pac-12 network. He lives in Seattle. So okay. if you play in the Pac-12 or you grew up in the state of Washington, uh, you automatically get bonus points with Mr. Carlesimo. So, uh, but he, even if he hadn't played a season at USC, uh, he absolutely loves Evan Mobley, especially for today's game. Size, skill, length, edge-to-edge defense, rim protection. I mean, it's he's like the full package. And I remember Kenny before the draft a couple years ago remember we were talking about who could be there at number three and um, I didn't know I didn't know he was going to be this good but I remember we were saying you know uh, based on what you saw in college for one year based on his body type in the new NBA you know this could be a great grab at number three he has wildly exceeded uh, certainly my expectations I know PJ uh, you know loves what he's all about we actually had him on post game too and Really, really nice, uh, articulate young man. So he, he seems to be the full package. We're looking forward to seeing him in the Rising Stars game also in Salt Lake City in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I am too, and hopefully the Cavaliers continue to go to both he and Jared Allen. That's when they're at their best. When all five guys, including Isaac Okoro, are involved in making shots, that's when they're at their best. Again, Cavaliers will play tomorrow night against Detroit off tonight. One of the games, or the game tonight, and that's why Kesty's in Los Angeles. Oklahoma City at Los Angeles, Kesty. And, uh, you know, we grew up watching uh, the kid LeBron James coming out of St. Vincent, St. Mary High School. And here we are, year number 20, I think it is, in the NBA, 19 years an All-Star. And, oh, yeah, 36 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Just your thoughts on following his career, calling so many of his games, and now getting a chance to call the game tonight where he might make history.
0: You know, it's amazing, Kenny. I, I remember being the studio host for his very first game, uh, that Cavaliers game in San Francisco. And Dr. Jack Ramsey was our analyst. Jim Durham was the play-by-play. And could you have more hype than LeBron James coming out of high school and the chosen one and, you know, obviously uh, bypassing college? And, and you just say there's no way anybody can live up to this. And then right. he goes out there, and I forget what it was, 29 points, nine assists, 26 and nine, something like that. And then the first All-Star game that I started covering as studio host was his first All-Star game in 2004. And I remember thinking again, much like we mentioned Evan Mobley, he just came in there with knowledge. I mean, he knew the old NBA. He was very respectful. He knew Dr. Jack in his background. He knew Jim Durham as, you know, the voice of the Chicago Bulls you know, calling Michael Jordan's games on the radio. And he just, you know, he just engaged you and impressed you. And then you fast forward, you know, through the the trips to the finals, eventually the championships, the change to Miami. You go over back to Cleveland. You have that great comeback win. And you know he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. And you know he's going to set all kinds of records. But, you know, you you figure at some point everybody has a drop-off. I mean, look at Kareem's numbers in his last four or five years. You know, you go from 25, to 23, to 19, to 12, and LeBron hasn't had any of that. I mean, he's still at right. 25-plus. He's at 30, for God's sake, coming into this game. So it's just remarkable, almost a reluctant all-time scoring king because that's not what you think of when you think of LeBron James, except for the durability and the longevity. And when you multiply it all together, it equals – 38,388 points or whatever it ends up at tonight or tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to have a lot of records, but that's um, that's a remarkable one. And I think he's finally starting to ease into what the record means. You could tell just listening to him talk the last few days that I don't think he really, uh, I don't want to say he didn't care about it, but it wasn't really on his radar as he surpassed all these huge names one after one. And now there's, there's one more name left and uh, it's Kareem's probably going to be in the building tonight, across the street from where I'm sitting right now, and he'll either do it tonight or he'll do it on Thursday. And it's, it's been a pretty remarkable career that it feels like it's it's you know like Tom Brady like when is this going to end? Is this going longer than we think it's going to go? You know that kind of stuff.
2: And yet we keep hearing from LeBron that they haven't gotten him enough talent around him. We know that we've seen that firsthand a couple of times here in Cleveland. Yes, you have. But but I you know I, I want to go back to this as well because. I thought for sure when they when the news broke Friday, they're going to reunite Kyrie Irving with LeBron James at the Lakers. Didn't happen. W- was he displeased? Probably a little bit. But moving forward, does LeBron James, w- we go back and forth on this, obviously he's going to care about this record, but doesn't he care more about where the Lakers can go to?
0: I agree because I, I think, and I said this at the time when he left Cleveland, was, I understand, you know, there's something about Los Angeles. There's something about the purple and gold, but it felt to me, I was like, I don't think he's going to win another championship. Now, the, you know, the bubble happened mm-hmm. and they won, but it just felt like, you know, he, for whatever reason, wanted that change of scenery. And just based on, especially once, you know, Anthony Davis comes over and you look at uh, salary caps and movement and first round picks that are already gone, is they just don't have flexibility. And, you know, even if they had swung the Kyrie Irving trade, um, at what cost? You know, who would have went the other way? So, I don't know. It's got to be very frustrating for him because, you know, with as much, you know, name power they have in the top two and and Russell Westbrook for all his warts is is pretty good when he, you know, decides to be the sixth man Um you know, and, and they don't have to use him really in crunch time in the fourth quarter. It's still a team that, you know, really can't get out of its own way. I mean, they're four games under five hundred. I don't think they've been five hundred points eight point this season. If they had it was for a very short period of time. And even though they're whatever it was, you know, two, three games out of fourth, they're still thirteenth and they haven't shown a sign of putting together any kind of, you know, long term winning streak this season. So that's gotta really wear on him because we know at the end of the day it's about titles. And even though he's won four, you know, he's gone so many times and I think lost six, um, you know, he wants that fifth. He would love that sixth. And I just don't know if it's in the cards unless they can do something drastic and they don't have a ton to deal with.
1: Well, here's the thing to keep in mind. Uh, so what, fourth time, third, fourth time Kyrie's asked to be traded? LeBron can always ask to be traded and uh, go somewhere where he could uh, possibly, uh, you know, uh, win a championship again with somebody else. And here's a question we both wanted to ask you, Kesty, all right? Uh Could you ever see LeBron James being a sixth man coming off the bench at some point in his career where, like a Bill Walton who went to Boston and won another championship, right, to win another championship, do you think his ego would let him come off the bench or is he a starter and only a starter uh, for his career?
0: That's a great question because, you know, again, he's been 25 points plus his entire career except for his rookie season and usually... You're you're below that, but I see your point. To get to a winning team when yep. the contract's up here in Cleveland. And then you have to also complicate it by the fact that, you know, come hell or high water, he wants to play with his son. <laughs> you know, and I don't I haven't even seen his son play. You know, people tell me he's four star and maybe he ends up at Ohio State or wherever he ends up playing, you know, I, I I think, you know, that's that's a reality. He has said that. You know, he's put that out in the universe. So maybe the team you know, that says, okay, we're going to draft Bronny and we're going to bring you over, but you're going to have to come off the bench. Maybe that's the scenario that it happens. But uh, I hadn't even considered that because it's impossible to envision right. coming off yeah. the bench. You know, you think of Carmelo Anthony when he finally, you know, uh, gave into it, and Russell Westbrook now here in Los Angeles with the Lakers, like they're diminished a little bit. And he will diminish at some point, right? I mean, he we has think. To. <laughs> we think. Wins. I just don't know when.
2: Because you yeah. know, what? I want to ask you about Kyrie Irving. I, you know, you can't talk LeBron James in this area without talking about Kyrie and that magical season, 2016. Do you think that works at the Mavericks?
0: I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, really either. don't. Uh, you know, I hope for his sake that he's. I mean, look. There's. I'll, I'll say this. There's no better Kyrie than end of contract Kyrie. So maybe it does work. Maybe there's some deferral, you know, between he and Luca. You know, Luca's going to have to as well. Luca's used to having the mm-hmm. ball in his hands, you know, for like the first 20 seconds of the shot clock and then trying to figure out a shot. So there's going to be some deferral both ways. Um, so I, maybe, maybe they can put something together here. But the problem is, is when you, if you give them, you know, the four-year contract in the off that the drama level is just so high it crushes. It crushes the locker room. I was stunned. You know, you guys might have known in Cleveland back in, you know, in 16 and in 17, you know, that maybe things weren't all that it appeared. But when he got to Boston, you know, it felt like, you know, in that first year, everything was good. And I'm hearing reports from trusted people that they're like, this guy's got to go. And I'm like, why? I mean, it's Kyrie Irving, you know, he had a game seven shot and he's, you know, got ridiculous uh, control of the basketball as a point guard. And they're like, no, you don't understand. And then in the years since, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so does it work for the rest of this year? Maybe. But then depending on who signs him, um, and Dallas would probably be smart to do like the two-year extension, so at least you're not on the hook for four. Um, it's, it's hard for me to see it long-term working out because it just – something happens. I, I can't even begin to figure out what would happen, uh, but something will happen, and it you know will be on the lead on Sports Center, and that's all we'll be talking
1: yep. about. Oh, absolutely, Mark Castañeira, our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Castañeira, lead play-by-play voice for ESPN with the NBA and, and Kestia, uh tonight. Uh, what's the, what are you expecting tonight? Where will you be seated calling uh, the game with LeBron against uh, Oklahoma City, going for the the record? And, and what's the the buzz been like there in Los Angeles, if there has been one?
0: The late um, the late uh, great voice of the Los Angeles Lakers, Chick Hearn, never liked to be courtside, much like Joe Tate. And so he uh, built the media or had the media built about two-thirds up the the top bowl. So that's where we'll be. That's where all the uh, local television and local radio is. It's really a nice perch. It's not not too much unlike Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, same kind of setup there. Um, So you get a great view of it. I'm told, uh, you know, I've gotten a few texts from friends who live in the Los Angeles area wondering if I have tickets, which is always laughable because I never have tickets. (laughs) Um, The big money is on Thursday. I'm hearing, you know, with Milwaukee in town and Giannis, can he get the full 36 tonight? A lot of people are banking that he's not and he's going to get it. But I do know one thing. It's been a very hectic week here. I flew down Sunday. Uh, The Grammys were going on. I had no idea people just dress up in tuxes and dresses even if they don't have tickets to the event. It was a wild scene out in front of the arena. Um and then you got LeBron's chase going on. You got Kyrie probably making his debut for Dallas with the Clippers here tomorrow night. So wow. uh who knows? Kareem's gonna be in the building. It's uh there's no buzz right now. I mean it's downtown LA. It's you know, kinda chill during the day and then everyone makes their way downtown legendary traffic and uh, I they there'll, there'll be some stars tonight. I think he might do it tonight. I I'm kind of hoping it goes to Thursdays because we're doing Thursday's game anyway, but the amount of points that Oklahoma city gave up last night in San Francisco, 141. Yep. And you know, if they're smelling a win and they need a win. I could see him getting the 36, but then you and I also know that um, he's got a great sense for history. And would it shock you if he, Pulled the ripcord a little bit and said, "You know, I'm gonna leave 10, 11 points for tomorrow and get this done against Kareem's original franchise." There so who you go. knows? Wow.
1: Mentioned that to JT earlier. If Kareem's going to be in the building, <laughs> who'd Kareem play for? The Lakers and Bucks. LeBron breaks his record against his first team, uh, and uh, there's your your history. Good for you that you're there for both games. Either way, Kesty, you're going to get to uh, you know call NBA history. Uh, happy for you, proud of you, man. Keep up the fantastic work, and thanks for always making time for us here uh, in Canton.
0: I appreciate it, guys. I know LeBron said he does not want a free throw to break it. I don't want to go to replay, and they overturn it Ooh. after I make my great call, and then it's like, ah, <laughs> uh, it's lost to history. So uh, that that's my only reservation uh, tonight. Let it be clean, baby. Let it be clean.
2: Awesome.